0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you by The Nephilist. I'm your host, Ian Turner, and my guest today is Emily Fairlight.
0: I was terrifying. I wanted everything bad to happen so that it wouldn't have to go ahead. I still sometimes feel that way.
1: About every gig or about that gig?
0: Depending on how long since I played the last show, but I had terrible stage fright when I first started playing. But there was always a payoff because when I'd play live I'd always write, you know, or or my songs would improve because I'd hear them through other people.
1: But first, if you enjoyed today's show, I'd love for you to subscribe. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on any of the subscription links on the front page. I'd also love for you to complete the listener survey while you're there. That web address again, gardenofsound.nz. My guest today is singer-songwriter and occasional mirror maker Emily Fairlight. Beware hidden depths may encapsulate the signage surrounding the Fairlight pool and one could go as far as to reflect upon a misspent youth. But that investment has afforded this woman an outlook which is considered and kind, amassing a who's who of the New Zealand music scene to support her live performances and recorded music. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Plains FM 96.9. Emily, have you got a first memory of music?
0: Probably my earliest memory we were I was brought up in the New Life church system. Okay. So dad burned all mum's records. Um and it was Jesus Christ Superstar rock opera, you know. But,
1: that was burned or that was No no
0: no, that was allowed. Which yeah.
1: is odd in itself. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah.
0: And I still love that music, I reckon it's awesome. But um probably one of my first memories outside of that was um going we all had to go in the van to go to the airport whenever we were picking somebody up or dropping someone off. Yeah. And um <laughs> Funky Town was always oh. on the radio. It was kind of the only time we got to like listen to the radio and it just so happened that it was always playing.
1: Do you think any of the um any of the works of Pseudo Echo have influenced Emily along mm, the way? No. No. None <laughs> no. of that sort of like 80s 90s kind of synth. No. Nah. At least.
0: No, nah, not yet, but I mean maybe for the future. I'm saving myself for that, you know.
1: <laughs> was there, um, uh, I imagine there was singing in church Yep, yep, okay. very
0: musical church Lots of um, speaking in tongues and that kind of thing okay. And singing on stage
1: When did you consciously, I guess, break away from that type of music And start finding your own stuff?
0: Probably we always stopped going to the church at 10, eight, I was age 10 yep. And then I was always write, like writing little songs for like, you know my dog that died and all that, but mm. um, I didn't start playing music myself until later, till twenties. Mm.
1: What yeah. about um, uh, what about instruments? When did they sort of hit the scene?
0: A friend loaned me a guitar when I was probably like twenty-one or something like that. Showed me two chords and I just started writing.
1: Wow. Okay. So how were you constructing stuff prior to that? Was it just sort of words and melody?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I was always ri- I was always writing p- bad poetry. You know.
1: Uh, what were you doing at school? Were there any subjects that you particularly enjoyed?
0: No, I hated it all. Yeah. I just got stoned at school and yeah slept a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: just d- didn't really <laughs> en- didn't really engage.
0: No, <laughs> No, nah, nah, it wasn't. I mean, I went to Burnside High. It was kind of before they had their big music. Auditorium mm. stuff and um,
1: what years were you there? I'm just interested.
0: 90s. In the 90s. Mid mid to okay. late so 90s. So you weren't yep.
1: part of the music program.
0: No, 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 no. I was part of the stoner program. Okay, yeah, okay. Over yep. to a,
1: over to Jelly Park. <laughs> over at to Jelly time. Park.
0: You know it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ah, exactly. yep.
1: <laughs> oh, the oh, the memories. At least. <laughs> yeah. Um, was there any hope at all for Emily? Was there was there any kind of future that she could imagine at that point?
0: I kind of started to get into dance music, around, like I left school at 16 and I had kind of started to get into dance music just before that and so I was kind of doing some DJing, you know, learning how to like beat match and all that mm. and I was doing some kind of visual performance stuff, you know, at the gatherings, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I kind of thought that was maybe a direction that I wanted to go down for a bit. but
1: Yeah. Did that open any, any doors either, actual or?
0: Well, yeah, I did. I, I, I ended up going to circus school to wow. Circle Arts and did performance for a couple of years and yeah like just festivals and mm-hmm. like vaudeville shows that kind of thing and then kind of started to get some interviews and interest and I kind of just realized that for me that there was no real heart in it and that was when I'd started playing music and I was like this is actually something that I believe in and that means something to me and could mean something to somebody else.
1: So how long is that from that point from um, 21 or thereabouts when you start sort of yep. picking out a few chords and so on? How, how long is that sort of period?
0: That was kind of crossing over I suppose as I was kind of reaching the end of my tether with doing like weird comedy and into writing. But I, I mean I didn't start playing for a long time. I probably would have stayed in the bedroom if I didn't get forced out.
1: How did you get forced out?
0: Um, I did a radio show in Wellington called The Folk and Tint Show, um, on Munty FM. And, um, I don't know if I can say that on here, but, it, you know, it's short for country. Yeah. And I would have, you know, local musicians that I really liked come and play on the show. And, yeah. um, a guy called Tim Beals, who's a really beautiful songwriter, came and played. And I mentioned to him that I had written a song that had a similar title to one of his. Mm. And he was like, "Right, that's it. You're playing." Okay. And so I did. Shook my way through, you know.
1: Is that this is on air?
0: No, no. At a, a gig, we put it, he put on a gig, and okay, yeah, yeah. And I played that.
1: This was planned for you to come up on stage and perform. Yeah, that song. It wasn't yeah. like you were out in the audience. And he says, no, it was. I pl- Emily's I pl- got a song.
0: No, no. I pl- played a full set.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I had I had lots of songs. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, and um, what was it like? It was terrifying, and I wanted everything bad to happen so that it wouldn't have to go ahead. I still sometimes feel that way. Um,
1: about every gig or about that gig,
0: depending on how long since I played the last show. But I do. I had, ter- you know, just terrible stage fright when I first started playing, but there was always a payoff because. When I'd play live, I'd always write, you know, or or my songs would improve because I'd hear them through other people.
1: Does that payoff make you feel better about the performance or the performing live?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think the more that I'm doing it, the more confident I feel, you know, I don't, I try to tell myself that, you know, the physicality of nervousness is the same as excitement you know there's just self trickery yeah Yeah. stuff but um it's
1: like anxiety and coffee yeah when was the last gig you played
0: I'd say two weeks ago actually okay um not
1: bad it's not been like a year or something in the wilderness
0: it had been a long time before then
1: okay so how did you prepare yourself
0: well I kind of I agreed to do it at like two in the morning and it was a week before the show and um you know so obviously the next morning I woke up and thought let's hope that's all a dream yeah and then just I've been playing with this amazing musician I don't know if you know him Thomas Espista. he was like well if we're gonna do it then let's do it so we just ran songs every day and um yeah just felt real good about it and just had the best show I feel like I've had in in years amazing yep
1: I want to talk about influences uh, cuz it would be good to to hear some music that that you like or has led you and Lucinda Williams is yep. is an artist uh, that you have mentioned. Why why her?
0: Um I think that she has a real knack for just really getting the emotion of what she's of what she's feeling into into a song like I can I can hear every pain in her in every word of Um, of her song and yeah I just find it really evocative and beautiful
1: Can you write music without a heart?
0: I mean you can I think that's just heart music is what I relate to you know it brings me to tears and you know I think it's really special
1: Yeah Uh, and what's the track we're going to hear from her?
0: Um, We're going to hear I Envy The Wind
1: Why this track?
0: Uh, I just think it's beautiful and it's simplicity I like the way that she relates emotion to the elements in that song that's prevalent.
2: your fingers
1: sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Planes FM 96.9
3: There's only one way to settle this
1: (laughs) There is another way Visit miniquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizzed in your neighbourhood really is. miniquiz.com Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Plains FM ninety six point nine. Um, you mentioned the gathering and dance parties and all of that <laughs> kind of kind of stuff. What what was the first <laughs> What was the first big gig that you um you got along to?
0: Well, you know, I don't rem- I don't remember. I don't remember the first kind of live gig I went to. I mean, probably the gatherings. I was going to those from when I was sixteen. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Salmonella Dub. Earlier and um, you know They played there and I don't know a bunch of DJs that I can't remember
1: What's a gig that's Blown you away
0: Angel Olsen
1: Okay tell me more
0: I got into her album Burn Your Fire for No Witness Which I just think is Such an incredible album And um, And bought the record You know yada yada And then she was playing in Wellington And I Went to the gig and it was one of those ones where you go to it and everybody's like, oh, let's go and party afterwards. And I was like, no way, I've got to go home and process this, you know. I want to don't want to cleanse my palate just now. I want to, like, sit with it for a while. I felt the same when, when I went to Radiohead. I saw them on the King of Limbs tour and, you know, it's kind of, let's all go to a bar and whatever. And I was like, nah, I just need to sit with it, you know. Those ones that just really make you feel... Um, Yeah.
1: Is there a place in New Zealand where you feel you have been at your best creatively?
0: Yeah, definitely in Wellington. I mean, Littleton as well to an extent, but when I was in Wellington, when I was working on the Mother of Gloom album, I house set for a year and a half, just moving every couple of weeks and... You know, going and staying in a range of different houses with, you know, often they had like a beat up old guitar that sat collecting dust in the corner. And I just loved writing on different instruments and in different, you know, different settings. Yeah. So that was pretty good for writing.
1: What is life like as a, uh, as a, as a musician and a, and a traveler?
0: It's hmm. great. <laughs> uh, that's great sometimes I think that the world's pretty beautiful and I like being able to have the time to see the beauty in things and you know I think part of being a writer isn't just sitting down with a guitar it's observing um taking things in thinking about a story about how something got there like a house or you know like a dying plant or I don't know I'm not really thinking of very good (laughs) examples here but you know it's wonderful and it's torturous all at the same time you know like i'd spend a lot of time in my own head um so if i have the opportunity to do something to get out of my head like i i make bespoke mirrors just part-time um which is awesome because i don't think about anything else mm. um so yeah it's a balance why mirrors uh my friend makes mirrors and he's got too much work on and I needed some and it just that's kinda how life works for me really is yeah. something comes up and yep. it serves a purpose. So. And it works. Yep.
1: No deeper yep. meaning. No. nothing reflective or anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Until I do see the reflection and then I get a fright. And it's like, oh my God. Um <laughs> yeah.
1: you talked about that gig with Thomas. Yeah. Um is there another gig that you've played which has just been everything's just gone?
0: Yeah, I had uh when I did the album release for Mother of Gloom in Wellington. Uh, It had been a pretty shit time uh, around the release, you know, personal stuff that didn't really, you know, wasn't really out there publicly, but um, just managed to pull together a group of really incredible people. I had 10 or 11 people on stage, you know, horn section, backing singers, violinist, and all the, the usual classics. But it just felt like just felt real powerful, and we kind of had a bunch of practices leading up, like you know, separate little practices, like with the singers and the violinists, and then yeah. with the core band. Yeah. Um. But the first time that we all actually played together was the show. Not even everybody was there for sound check, and I love that. I love being surprised, and you know, and. Being delighted, you know, mid-song, of a thing that I've been playing by myself for fucking ages, and then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, you did that! What are the lyrics? Awesome!
1: Was there a recording of that particular show?
0: There's some little snippets of films out there, but generally have an aversion to cameras. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Have you got any tips for keeping people close? Because being able to sort of call on a large number of folks to do this thing for you, they obviously like you.
0: I suppose I'm not an asshole. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, we have, it's fun, yep. you know, like, and not very, like, dictatory when it comes to, you know, I have some things that I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never, you know, I don't think that anything, you know, if you're playing a live gig, I don't think that it has to match the album exactly. And it's, you know, it never was going to. I recorded that album in Austin, Texas with session musicians over mm-hmm. there. So, you know, I, I like I I don't think that I could tell somebody how to do something better if they're the master of the violin or you know they're the master of the trumpet or whatever so um so I think there's a bit of creative freedom for people and I don't know somehow maybe they like my songs or feel sorry for me I'm not 100% sure but it could be a mixture it could be a mixture of everything yeah
1: conversely is there anything you've had to walk away from
0: yes when I was living in Dunedin, I um, I um that was, you know, I've been back in Christchurch for about a year. But when I was living in Dunedin, I felt like I was in a, I was in a relationship, and I lost a little bit of control and independence within my um of my of my craft, mm. you know, due to personal situation and also mental health issues, and yeah. just so I had to sever sever some ties, um, so that I could retain some creative autonomy. Yeah. again um, but that's actually been a real, really positive thing for me I've been writing a lot again since then
1: it's been a bit of a shit time for for artists generally with with COVID and there is some financial support out there is there enough I guess mental support or support for one's mental health
0: yeah there is um, you know there's the music helps and um, you know and I think there's lots of really good things in New Zealand as well like you know there's the text line which you know fused a bit and um so yeah it is out there mm. it's just being brave enough to use those channels i think and um yep. yeah
1: it's time for some music yes um and we're gonna hear neutral milk hotel you got it got it uh and a track called "Ocumley." Oh um all eight minutes 18 <laughs> yes. of it tell me about the song and this band
0: Um, I love this band so much. This was, I think, I was listening to this album, Aeroplane Over The Sea, um, when I first started gigging and um, I just couldn't believe that somebody could write songs like this and it was like nothing I'd ever heard before and it's like nothing I'll ever hear again and um, I think he played his last show in New Zealand and then just um, with Chris Knox actually and then just went to ground. I understand that now you know like later in my in my music career life mm. um the necessity to do that and I just think he has a wonderful brain I think he sings at the edge of his voice which I find really brave and passionate and it's kind of like it's kind of like punk folk I suppose which I enjoy you know it's not tea folk it's not light it's you know good little heart stabs Uh, But yeah, uh, they did a tour, got to see them live and it was just incredible, yeah, mind-blown.
3: Trailer park Thunderous sparks From the dark of the stadiums The music and medicine You needed for comforting So make all your fat, fleshy Fingers to moving And pluck all your silly strings And bend all your notes for me And soft, silly music is Meaningful, magical, the movements were beautiful, all in your ovaries, all of them milking with green fleshy flowers, while powerful pistons were sugary. And five hundred families And will she remember me Fifty years later I wished I could save her In some sort of time machine Know all your enemies We know sun and spring and green forever but now we move to feel for ourselves inside some stranger's stomach place your body ah, that's your skin began
1: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Plains FM 96.9. Um, at the end of this section, we're going to be talking about one of your songs off Mother of Gloom. Yep. And the track is? The Escape. The Escape. You mentioned um, Austin and recording. How did that come about?
0: i have been to Texas a couple of times touring. First time with another band and the second time I just went solo. And um,
1: Why Texas?
0: Oh, it was just where the other band was going, and okay. so I, you know, I was always like, I'll never go to America, and then I was like, I'll go to America, and yep. um, so did, will go big. yeah, um, and I just, just met really amazing people when I was over there the first time, and so six months later, a, fr- a good friend helped me book a solo tour, and and ended up in Austin, Texas, where I had um, friends that I stayed with from mm. the trip before, and I think it was maybe the last show that I was playing was at um, Hole in the Wall, which is like a famous Austin dive bar. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you don't really have a sound guy when you play at these venues. It's just like you kind of set yourself up and you just go for gold, you know, put a tip bucket out. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing. And there was a duo that were playing before me. And um, I was like, hey, like, where you know, where do I plug my shit in? Like, how do I make this work? And this guy gave me a hand. And he stuck around and watched my set. And, you know, we ended up having some drinks afterwards and that was that. And then went back to Wellington and going through some shit. Woke up at seven in the morning, wrote the escape before eight, all in one, and then decided to make a little video of myself singing it in my my pyjamas. And um, right after, maybe half an hour after, the guy who helped me plug my guitar in and set me up messaged me and said, I want you to come and record with me um, in Austin. And I said, okay.
1: Before we talk about that um, particular experience, you were talking about the abject terror potentially of getting up on stage and and doing your thing, maybe if you haven't played for a while. Mm. Um, But to release something new and fresh um, via the internet Mm. in a – I'm in my pajamas. I'm in my my own personal <laughs> yeah. my, my nest, yeah. my safe space. Yeah. What prompted you or what led you to do that?
0: I have no idea. I think it was just, I I guess I was proud of something that I would created. You know, like before eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Man, you yes. know, who achieves before eight o'clock in the morning? There you go. I'll take it. Um, yep. Yeah. I just I think I just felt like sh- sharing. You know, a moment. You know, and the song feels. I felt quite isolated. I think the song is about being quite isolated. And so, you know, just shove it out there into the ether.
1: Yeah. And something came back. Yep. Or put it out into the universe. What was the experience like uh, recording there? Because you've done a heap in New Zealand.
0: It was great. It was, um, I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, I was over there for a month. Yep. We did lots of kind of pre-production, like lots of discussion about each Song, I yeah. mean, the list of songs that I sent him on that same day that he asked me to go and record mm. changed completely because in the I think it was maybe three months between him inviting me. It might have even been two um and me going over to the there to record, I wrote you know the majority of the stuff in that time, so it was all kind of they were all pretty fresh songs mm.
1: yeah, um, was there anything in that session that was sort of? New or exciting in terms of the recording process, which you hadn't done before?
0: I'd recorded my first album ages and ages ago, and yeah. I didn't really want to do that. It just somebody <laughs> saw me play and said, Come on, I'll record you. And I said, Only if I don't have to listen to it. And then we recorded another album. I recorded another album with the same guy and just binned it because I didn't, um, I just didn't feel connected to it. And, um, yeah so I hadn't had great recording experiences um I was pretty rigid and tight yeah. and just nervous but um yeah but when going over to Austin there was just something about it I felt in my element I'd you know we'd go and we'd do a session I'd get some raw beds back you know I'd listen to them for like backing vocals or for you know writing violin parts or yep. you know all of that kind of thing and I'd just it was gave me a lot gave me a lot of confidence and mobility, which I don't think I'd had prior to that.
1: In this particular recording, is there anything that you are especially excited about or anything you like
0: a lot? I really like there's a guy called Cullen Fuchs who um who plays trumpet, um, piano accordions, vibraphone, uh, omnicord, um, and he was just really into the songs and it was just kind of like a let him go loose at the song yeah. and, um, you know, edit certain bits out that get a bit much. But I just loved it. I loved everything that he did. So,
1: so what was the um, reaction uh, to the track once it was released?
0: Really positive. So that was my first get funding from NZ On Air, which, you know, I kind of put it in thinking, oh, God, I'll never hear back about this. Um, and, you know, I didn't like plug the dates in my head of what the, you know, when they announced the winners or whatever we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm a winner. But, um, I, you know, just started getting messages from people yeah. saying, you know, congratulations. And I was like, whoa, people like this shit. That's cool. Um, and so I started writing videos, you know, yeah. which I really enjoyed as well. Like, you know, I mean, when you're writing a song, you have visuals in your mind and then, creating visuals again after the song is complete as you know i really enjoyed that that part of the process
1: This is the Gardener Sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Planes FM ninety six point nine. Um it seemed like you were maybe not out in the wilderness, but you hadn't found yourself yet as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Anything you might say to that person about to put on the green tartan or gingham of Burnside High?
0: <laughs> nah, just for you. Yeah, I I think that probably I needed to do all the weird shit that I did as a teenager. And, yeah. You know, I moved to Melbourne when I was seventeen. And, oh, amazing. Yeah, um, oh, it wasn't amazing. It was crazy. But um, yeah. But I th- I think probably like if I was gonna say to my younger self, you know, when I first started playing music live, yeah, was that I wanted so desperately to fit in, you know, and play with other like country music people and you know but I was always just didn't feel like I like I did and I had people saying to me you know that's a good thing and so once I accepted that and accepted that I was different I wasn't just you know like playing country music I enjoyed that and um, I think that you know going over to to the states going over to Texas for the first time thinking that I was you know a country music Americana person and playing shows there and then just being like what the fuck is this, you know, and I say, like, oh,
1: in a good way or a bad way?
0: I took it in a good way, okay, yeah, I was like, cool, you know, I mean, in a way, it is like other shit, but it's but it's doesn't exactly fit, and yep. I, I enjoy that, and I think yep. that that is not as important as I thought it was when I was younger, Okay. fitting in
1: how important depends where you come from are boxes to place your musical genres in?
0: Not. Okay. I feel like when people ask me what kind of music I play, I answer differently every time, mm-hmm. you know, dependent on how I'm feeling and, you know, whether or not I want to fuck with them or, you know, or depending on what song I'm talking about. I don't know. Like, you know, they don't go in and be like, let's write a, you know, like the heart country song you know that's I just write what comes out it's mm. never it's nev- nothing's intended yeah yeah
1: it's music that connects yeah yeah mm. yeah is there any uh, element of mentorship or support that you have been able to offer to anyone
0: I mean I like working on a you know on other people's music or you know like if I hear something you know, and if somebody's open to feedback, then yep. I will offer it in a in a delicate way. And and you know, I I just applied for some a producer grant to help out a friend just with kind of workshopping songs, and you know, it's like a kind of producer thing. So it, it's something that I would like to get into and kind of you know do anyway. It'd Be nice to get paid for it, but yeah, just who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing. Any other unfulfilled desires in terms of your your musical? journey
0: yeah well I would very much like to I want to start a band that is kind of like a like medieval doom folk metal band I just think that it's a hole in the market like I don't know I'm thinking kind of like Black Mountain meets low something okay. something like that okay um, sort um, of
1: distorted liars and that kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah
0: I think that there's there's something so that's you know, it's in the pipeline.
1: Okay. Yeah. You could be Emily Darklight. I mean
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: we're going to come back uh, very shortly and we're going to play mini quiz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Plains FM 96.9. I just want to tell you about the listener survey I mentioned at the top of the show. I love making Garden of Sound because I love music, and I love being able to support local music, and I know you love being able to find out what local musicians are up to and hear new tracks, and perhaps discover ways to progress your own musical career. To keep making Garden of Sound better, I need to find out who's listening, and what you think of the show. So please head to the homepage and click the survey link, it's gardenofsound.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Emily Fairlight on Plains FM 96.9. Um, we're going to do a mini quiz and I'm going to ask you 10 questions. Oh You're going to have 60 seconds to answer said questions. Um, and if you don't know the answer, all you need to do is say
0: pass. Can I say pass or can I just guess?
1: Of course you can guess. Okay. I'm imagining we're going to come up with some just crazy answers. <laughs> so humour is good. All right, Emily. Your time starts. In which decade was Bruce Springsteen born? Mm, Sixties. Which song would you hear the lyrics? "There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold."
0: Twinkle, twinkle.
1: In which year did Crowded House release "Don't Dream It's Over"?
0: Ninety-eight.
1: James Hetfield was a founding member of which metallica. The College Dropout was the debut album in 2004 for which U.S. artist?
0: Mariah Carey.
1: Roger Taylor is best known as member of which famous band?
0: Oh, I feel like I should know this one. One of those, like, Pink Zeppelin, something like that.
1: Something like that. Who released the album Red in 2012? Um, Spice Girls. What English band formed in 79 included brothers Gary and Martin Kemp reuniting in 2009 after a 20-year break?
0: Pass. And your time is
1: up. All right, let's go through those answers. You did better than I expected. (laughs) Uh, Springsteen was born in 1949, so the 40s. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven. (laughs) Don't Dream It's Over was released in 1986. Well done, James Hetfield Metallica. (laughs) The College Dropout, Kanye West. Roger Taylor, Queen. Ah. Who released Red in 2012? That was Taylor Swift. And Gold, Always Believe in Spandau Ballet, Gary and Martin Kemp. So I got one right? Yeah, you got one. That's pretty good. That's great. We've had lots of people who've got one. (laughs) No one has scored zero as yet, (laughs) which is exciting. Coming up very soon, in fact, Wednesday of next week yep barring catastrophe yes um you are playing at greater goods yes yes alongside deepwater creek that's the one yeah okay tell me about tell me about the gig what are you going to be doing how how is it going to go is it going to be amazing
0: it's going to be amazing i'm really excited about it um
1: why are you excited
0: We've got a potential, the, the show came together because we're potentially going to be playing up in Auckland next year, yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed, oh, everything cool. goes ahead at the Americana Fest, yep. and so I had an idea to kind of do a bit of a fundraising show to get the bands up there. Yep. Uh, luckily for me and Deepwater Creek, we share a band. Okay. More or less. Okay. Yeah, one one member aside, so. Okay.
1: Uh, so who was in that band?
0: John T. O'Connor on yep. the drums, yep. uh Thomas Hisbista, yep. um, guitar and then we've got different different bass players. Okay. But yeah, the shows Maddie and I have been mo- working on a song of each other's and we're working on a cover together as well. Mm. Um and I just I love their music, I reckon it's it's amazing. Yeah. I, th- I feel like um as a songwriter he's he's incredible. I just believe him. Mm-hmm. you know yeah so yeah we've kind of been creating this really nice little music community just over the last wee while yeah i'm sure it was there before i came into it but now i've you know forged yep. forced myself in there but yeah yeah so yeah it'll just be a really nice night of cool music and lovely people sounds good
1: yeah okay yeah. so if it's not already sold out which i'm presuming it will do very quickly then uh, get your tickets uh, to that greater goods gig um we have got one more track to listen to on the show today. Yep. Uh, And it's another one of yours called Lips Lasso.
0: Yes. Lips Lasso was written in three different houses and three different, very different states of mind and uh, states of a particular relationship that I had been in. And um, it started off as something that was quite soft and gentle and it became something that, I don't know, I suppose it's as close to, medal as I'm ever gonna get (laughs) and kind of not accidentally recorded it but it kind of came about just um fucking around at home in the living room at like two in the morning or something like that uh laying down the kind of the initial song and then you know I enjoyed playing the song and I you know like I enjoyed taking time to work on the structure of it and i Never knew how big it could get, and Mm. um and it just kept growing. And you know, I was lucky enough to have um, David Kilgour for the clean, um and Dunedin was a friend, and you know, sent him the song, and he ended up playing guitar on it. And uh, Michael McLeod of the Shifting Sands and Alex Vatstra, who's an incredible violinist based in Wellington, and yeah, we just kept growing it and growing it, and it just felt like this thing that was bigger than I ever imagined it could be. So that's was the first single after um since after the Mother of Gloom's release.
1: Let's check it out. This is um lips lasso. Um more importantly, Emily it's been amazing to meet you and chat to you today. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks also to Emily Fairlight for coming to visit and chatting about her life and music and that upcoming gig at Greater Goods. If you want to find out more about Emily, just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on her link on the front page. You'll also be able to get tickets to that gig too. I'm Ian Turner and I look forward to bringing you Garden of Sound same time next week. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. E